Thank you for listening in to this podcast from Valley View Church. Chapter 37, verse 1 through verse 10. Enough cannot be said about next Sunday morning. I'm just going to leave it with you like this. You're going to have to show up and see it for yourself. Because I believe something very powerful is going to happen around here. But I believe something very powerful is about to happen in this room. Can I tell you, we didn't dismiss the first service till about 10 minutes after 10 to get you guys in here for 1030. The Spirit of God was moving in this house. I told him, I said, I do not want to close this service. The worst, I, I, I hated like everything to tell them they had to go. I wish I could have just kept it on rolling. Y'all could have just walked right on in with them. It's fixing to happen again in this room. Ezekiel 37, verse 1 through verse 10, reading the New King James Version, it said this, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord. Notice those two statements again. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God of these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together, bone to bone indeed. As I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. That's important. Also he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. I want you to notice he began to prophesy to them. He began to declare the word of the Lord. And he began to declare the breath. And the Bible said breath came in them. And they came alive and they stood up on their feet as a great army, if you would. Now in verse 14, I want to add this to this for you. He said, I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. Now from that this morning, I want to share with you for a few moments on this thought. Do you have principle or do you have power? Do you have principle or do you have power? It may not make very much sense to you at this moment, but hang with me. It will here shortly. Father, I ask you now, God, that you would anoint me as a man from another world once again today to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, to preach the word, God, as you have birthed it in my heart and in my spirit and in my soul. And Father, I ask you to speak to every life and every soul in this room. And I pray, God, that when we walk 
walk out of here today, we're going to walk out in power. We're going to walk out under the endowment of the power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, that we're going to go forth in your name. And through the power of Almighty God, we're going to do the works. We're going to do the things that you have called and you have purposed and you have planned for us to do. Take your liberty in this room. Let the Holy Spirit of God cover us, fill us, overshadow us. Lord, do your work, do your will, and fulfill your purpose in my life in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want to share with you for a few moments, do you have principle or do you have power? Do you have principle or do you have power? power. Now I want to go back to the very first part of that passage where it said this, his hand, or it said the hand of the Lord came upon me. What that word was saying was this, the hand of the Lord came upon me and it taught me, it led me, it guided me, it protected me, it empowered me. And I just want to tell you, it's a wonderful thing to know that God's hand is upon your life. Amen. It's a wonderful thing to know when God's hand has been placed upon your life, when His hand is upon you. He will teach you. He will guide you. He will empower you. He will do His work inside your life. But then there was a second statement there that said, brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord. In other words, what he was saying was this. He said, I was carried out in the Spirit, if you will. And I want to say this to every person listening to me. If we're going to see the glory of God revealed, we're going to have to get out of the realm of the flesh and we're going to have to get into the realm of the Spirit. We're going to have to get out of the realm of the flesh and get into the realm of God's Spirit. God does His work by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. He works through the power of the Holy Spirit. And if we're going to participate with Him, we must get into the Spirit or into His Spirit, if you will. The Bible said it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my Spirit, saith the Lord. That's the Word of God. So in other words, it's not by what we can do or how we can do it, but it comes by the power of Almighty God, by the power of His Spirit. The Spirit, and I want you to listen to this. When you think about the Spirit of God, and you think about the Spirit of the Lord moving, and here when Ezekiel's talking here, and he's talking about how the Spirit of the Lord moved upon him, the Spirit is not just the feeling of God touching you, even though that is real and that is powerful. It's not just God moving inside of you by the Holy Ghost, even though that is real and that is very powerful. But here, speaking of the Spirit, he's talking about the realm. He's talking about the dimension. He's talking about the environment of God. So let me back up and say it again. The feeling you get when the Spirit of God comes upon you is very real. When He begins to move inside of you, it is very, very real. And it is a must in our life. But when you begin to talk about the Spirit of God, you're also talking about a realm or a dimension or an environment that is created by the Spirit of God for His people to enter into and for His people 
able to become a part of. John said it this way. He said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Oh, I like that statement. He said, I was in the Spirit, and I like how he said it, on the Lord's day. But he said, I was in the Spirit. What you got to get was this. When John got in the Spirit, he got in the God dimension for his life. And can I tell you, when he got in the God dimension of his life, he began to see the glory of God. He began to see God like he'd never seen God before. For it said in the Word, he saw the Lord with feet like brass, as though they had been burned in a furnace. He saw his eyes as though they burned with fire. He saw the throne. He heard the angels. He saw the four and twenty elders. He saw the altar of God. He saw God like he had never seen God before. Why? Because he got in in that God dimension. Oh, and I want everybody in this house to hear me. To see what John saw, we've got to be where John was when he saw it. We've got to get in that place in the Spirit where we come into that God dimension for our life. And I got news for you. There is a God dimension for every man, woman, boy, and girl who is sitting on the sound of my voice this morning. There is a God dimension for your life. A place that he has prepared just for you. And if you're going to see what John saw, you got to be in the place where he was. Listen, we need to live in the realms of the glory of God. I don't want to mess nobody up right there. But we need to live in the realms of the glory of God. Galatians 5.25 said, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If you're going to live in the Spirit, you got to walk in the Spirit. They work together. Amen? To experience the operation of the Spirit, we must be full of the Spirit and walking in the Spirit. So if you want to operate in the Spirit, you've got to be full of the Spirit. If you want to operate in the Spirit, you've got to walk in the Spirit. He's got to be a part of who you are every single day. In other words, the realms of the glory of God's presence must become more important to us than the desire that we have in our flesh. Our problem so many times is this. We want the things of our flesh. We want the things of our own personal desire more than we want the presence and the power of God. But when we get hungry enough for the presence and the power of God that we can look beyond our own fleshly want and our own fleshly desire and we can push beyond those things. Can I tell you, healing, deliverance, miracles, signs and wonders will come. Why? Because they emanate from the glory realm of God. They emanate from the glory realm of God Himself, the kingdom realm of God. You're going to have to listen very closely to me here on out in this message. But if you will, God's going to tell you something. All supernatural activity of the Spirit of God belongs to the kingdom of God. Everybody get that? All spiritual activity of the Spirit of God belongs to the kingdom of God. Jesus revealed to us that the power to destroy the works of the devil, the power to cast out devils was the direct result of the kingdom of God being present. In other words, the kingdom of God being in your life. In Matthew 12, 28, but if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. And I want to tell you, the kingdom of God has come unto you, but this is what you got to understand. The kingdom is the principle. The Spirit of God is the power. 
And there is a difference. The kingdom is the principle. The Spirit of God is the power. We may have the principle. We may talk about the kingdom. We may sing about the kingdom. We may preach about the kingdom. We may teach about the kingdom. But the principle is not enough. Are you listening? The principle is not enough. Principle won't heal the sick. Principle won't deliver the bound and the oppressed. Principle won't set the captive free. Principle is important, but it's not enough. Listen, principle is the foundation we stand on. Principle stabilizes us. Principle holds us in the right place. Principle is truth, but just just the knowledge of the truth is not enough. I want to tell you something. You can know this Bible from cover to cover. You can know it from back to front. You can know everything about it, but if you don't apply it and you don't put power to it through the power of the Holy Ghost, I want you to understand something this morning. God wants you to hear. Just the knowledge of truth is not enough. you got to put some power to it. You got to receive it. You got to accept it. You got to allow it to become part of who you are and what you are. What do you mean? You can know all about the healing of the body, but if you, let me just say it this way you can know all about healing, but live the rest of your life sick. You can know all about salvation and still die and go to hell. You can know all the principles. You can know all of these things. You can have all the knowledge, but if you don't have what backs it up, but the kingdom of God, listen, the kingdom of God is both its principle and its power. How do you know? In 1 Corinthians 4 and 20, for the kingdom of God is not in word but in power. For the kingdom of God is not in word but in power. 1 Thessalonians 1 and 5, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, which means principle or truth only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance. So you, you got to notice something here. It come to you in word, but it also come to you in power. It also come to you through the Spirit of God. It also come to you with full assurance. Oh God, I feel Him this morning. Let's go to Jude for chapter 1, verse 3. Notice what it said. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. Now, don't you notice, he, he talked about writing of the common salvation. He said, but then I had to write to you and exhort to you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered. Jude knew by the Spirit that the time would come when the body of Christ would slip into a state of complacency, that it would begin to settle into a powerless faith. Jude knew that day was coming. Guess what? We're there. We're living in a day of powerless faith. But I thank God, I believe through this pandemic, a lot of that's been changing. I believe through this pandemic, God's been drawing a lot of people back to that place of faith and power with Him. Amen? I know He's been working on me, and I trust He's been working on you. But I want you to notice, He knew there'd be a day of powerless faith. He knew there'd be a faith without substance. He knew that there would be a faith that consists only of words and ideas and philosophies. He he knew there would be a time when there was a head faith but not a heart faith. Guess what? We're there. 
And Jude knew by the Spirit of God that day was going to come. But let me just stop and tell you this. Everything in the Bible, everything the Bible says is ours. It is ours by right of inheritance. But even though you hold a title deed to something or a piece of property, you will never benefit from it until you press your claim and you take possession of it for yourself. You can hold the title deed, but until you press in and you possess it for yourself, it does not become yours. Somebody hear this preacher. God has willed his power to the church. Amen. That don't make you want to shout. I don't know what would. God has willed his power to the church. What do you mean? It's our inheritance. It's called the Holy Spirit of God. Give him a hand in this room. God has willed his power to us. And along with that power comes gifts of the Spirit, signs, wonders, miracles, healings, deliverance, visions, dreams, supernatural visitations, manifestations, demonstrations of the power of God. When I just got to tell you, I'm looking for some demonstrations. I'm looking for some manifestations, and you better get ready. You better buckle up your seatbelt. You better get ready to hold on because there's some manifestations that are coming. There's some demonstrations that's about to happen. But listen, the majority of the church world is satisfied just with principle. We live in an age now when a majority of the church world is satisfied with principle only. They're satisfied to know it's true. They're, sat, they're happy to know that it's there. And they're happy to know that it belongs to us by inheritance. Oh, they're happy to know this word's true. They're happy to know that it's here for them if they need it. They're happy to know that it's theirs by inheritance. But Jude warned us not to accept a powerless message, not to be deceived. But he told them, he said, contend for the original faith that the early church had. He was telling them you need to contend for the original faith. You need to fight for the original faith which was a vital living faith that produced the miraculous. It was a vital living faith that brought signs and wonders, miracles, healings and deliverances if you will. And I want to say something here and I want to be very careful how I say it. But you got to hear it. If we can't be if it cannot be manifested or demonstrated in us, then we don't really have it. That's tough, isn't it? But if it can't be manifested, if it can't be demonstrated in our life, we don't really have it. All we have is a profession of what we think we have. But there's a big difference between profession and possession. We don't need to profess something. We need to possess what we profess. We need to possess the power, the fullness of the anointing of the Holy Ghost of God upon our life. Listen, when Jesus cast out devils, it was with word and power. He didn't just do it with word, he did it with power. It was word and power, word and power, word and power. Paul said this, the kingdom of God is not in word only. will not you listen to this very close. He said it is not in word only. It is in word, yes. Eric, it is in principle, yes. It is in the knowledge of the truth, yes. But the principle must produce power. You can have the knowledge, but you got to have power power. You can have the principle but you got to have the power that goes along with it. In other words if I have the kingdom principle but I don't have the kingdom power then all I have is words. 
Are you listening to this preacher this morning? I can have the kingdom principle, but if I don't have the kingdom power, Robert, all I have is words. Somebody hear me today. Whenever the kingdom of God is truly present, there will be a manifestation of power. When the kingdom of God is truly present, there will be an acknowledgement. There will be a presence of His Spirit. In other words, it produces what it speaks of, if you will. In Romans chapter 14, verse 17, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. I like that. He said it's not eating and drinking, it's righteousness, peace, and joy. Listen, wherever the kingdom of God is present, there will be righteousness. Wherever the kingdom of God is present, there will be peace. And I like this last one. Wherever the, the kingdom of God is, there will be joy in the Holy Ghost. There will be joy in the Holy Spirit. Have whatever term you want to use, there will be joy. But listen, the kingdom that lives in you is greater than all the sickness and disease and bondage and oppression that is around you if the kingdom of God lives and abides in you it's greater than every opposition against your life prove it okay Luke chapter 17 verse 21 for indeed the kingdom of God is within you then first John 4 and 4 greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world amen didn't get any plainer than that but I want to go back to the original part here in Ezekiel chapter 37. Let's go back to verse 7, if you will. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling. And the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them. And the skin covered them over. And there was no breath in them. This is important. Listen close. He said, I prophesied. I brought the principle. I brought the word. I brought the truth. I prophesied. I brought all of these things. Good things happened because of the Word. Good things happened because I prophesied. Good things happened because the principle came forth. The bones came together. Things got shook up. There was some noise. Sinews and flesh came upon them. Skin covered them. But then he said, but there was no breath in them. In other words, principle, truth, knowledge, did some good things. It brought them together. It shook them loose from some stuff. It made them look good, but there was no breath in them. I want to stop and say something right here. This word is nothing but black or red letters written on a white piece of paper unless you allow it to have power and authority in your life. Now, I'm not taking away from the Word of God. I'm not diminishing the Word of God. I would no way, never, no how, ever try to do something like that because this Word is powerful. The Bible says more power than a two-edged sword. It cuts going in. It cuts going out. Oh, it's, it's the most powerful thing known to us on this earth as far as what we can hold in our hand. But I want to say this to you. It's, it's black letters or red letters written on a white piece of paper. That's all it is if you don't allow it to have power and authority in your life. But if you give power to the Word, if you give authority to the Word, if you bring life to the Word, and let's go back to that Word again. You give power to the Word of God. It will transform your life. It will change who you are. It will make you a different man, woman, boy, or girl. It will do something in your life nothing else can do. 
There's an answer to every problem. There's a healing for every sickness. There's everything you'll ever need is found in the blessed Word of God. So I want you to understand, and let's make it clear, I'm not taking anything away from this, but what Ezekiel was saying was this, I prophesied, I spoke the word, I spoke the truth, just like God told me to do, and good things came from it, but there was still something else left, Greg. There was still something missing. They were pretty, but they were dead. They were all together, but they were dead. They smelt good, but they were dead. They were looking good, but they were dead. There was principal in the valley, and principal had done some good, but there was no life. And I like this. There had to be power. But listen, God didn't let him start it, not to finish it. God told him, he said, you prophesy, I'll do these things. And as he prophesied, the bones came together. As he prophesied, the skin came on. As he prophesied, everything came together. Oh, and it looked good. seemed like everything was in order. But something still was missing. you got to hear this. Ezekiel, you've done, you've not finished yet. The job's only half done. Ezekiel, if these bones do not experience the power, then you've only given them half the message. But notice in Ezekiel 7, 30, uh, 7 and 9, also he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, like this. Thus saith the Lord, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. God said, now, yeah, I put them together. Now I've done what I said I'd do. Now you prophesy to the breath. You prophesy to the breath, and I'm going to breathe upon them that life would come. Then in verse 10, so I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet. An exceeding great army. He said, as I began to prophesy, breath came into them and they began to live and they stood up as an army of God. I want everybody in this house to listen to me right now. I want you to hear me close. I believe that this is what's coming to the body of Christ. I believe God's about to breathe a new breath in us. I believe God's about to breathe new life in us. I believe God's about to breathe a newness inside of us that we've never known before. And when he does, we're going to stand up on our feet as a new, oh my God, I feel him. As an army of God, it's going to stand up in the presence of the Lord. I believe there's a mighty wind of God coming to the church. And let me tell you what's going to happen. I believe there's many that have been satisfied with principle. I believe there's many that have been satisfied with knowledge of the truth that are not going to be satisfied anymore. Principle's not going to be enough for them anymore. Knowledge is not going to be enough for them anymore. They're going to cry out to God, Lord, let your power, let your breath, let your wind, let the power of the Holy Ghost come upon me. They're not going to be satisfied with where they've been. They're going to be looking for breath. They're going to be looking for power. They're going to be looking for the wind. They're going to be looking for the anointing and the unction of the Holy Ghost. I believe the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit is getting ready to fall on the churches that want Him. I'm going to slow down here just a minute. Don't you listen to this. I believe the anointing and the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit is going to fall upon the churches that want Him. It's going to fall upon the churches that desire Him. It's going to fall upon the churches that have cried out to him, that have sought him, that's looked to him. And I'm going to tell you, as it was stated earlier in this service, 
I believe there's about to be a book of Acts revival that's going to sweep over the church of the living God. Did you hear what I just said? It's going to sweep over the church of the living God. Everybody may not get in it. Everybody may not be a part of it. Everybody may not be in on it. But I'm here to declare, Jason, that there's a revival coming to the church of the living God. And everybody that wants to get in on it, everybody that wants to be a part of it, not one will be left out. Oh, Holy Ghost, I feel him. Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. But ye shall receive power. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Woo! But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Jesus did not say we would receive principle. I hope you've heard me out today. Jesus did not say we would receive knowledge. He did not say we would receive understanding. Even though they're important, they're a must. But Jesus said, you shall receive power. He said, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Listen, principle and knowledge can sit on a shelf and gather dust, but power is action. Power changes things. Power heals. Power delivers. Power makes us dangerous to hell and to the demons of hell. Power makes us a reckoning force to deal with. And it concerns the enemy. Power changes who we are. So let me back up. We can have the principles in place. We can have the knowledge in place. We can have everything else in place. But we got to have the power that goes along with the principle. We got to have the power that goes along with the knowledge. And when we get the power involved, it changes everything. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. He said, Behold, I give unto you Behold, I give unto you power. I give you power. I give you power. I give you power. I can't say it enough. Jeremy, I give you power. He said, Behold, I give unto you power. Listen, there had to be more to Ezekiel's message than words. There had to be more than just words. There had to be breath. There had to be wind. There had to be power. And this brings me to a question for everybody in this room. Do you have a profession? Do you have a principle? Do you have knowledge of the power? Or do you have the Spirit? Do you have the power? Do you have the Holy Ghost? Think about it. You can know the word from cover to cover, but if you don't have power to go along with it. God is stirring his church. Stand to your feet with me all across the room. God is stirring his church. 
I said God is stirring his church. And I believe this. No matter what the world does, no matter where the world turns, no matter which way they go, there's a hunger stirring in the church. There's a hunger stirring in the church. I'm going to tell you what I believe. I believe that the church is going to be the driving force in this world once again. It has been the driving force in the world in the past. But I got news for you. I believe the church, Valerie, is going to be the driving force in this world one more time. Tim, it's going to be a driving force to the world like it's never known or it's never understood. The world still won't be able to figure it out. They still won't understand it all. But it'll be the driving force of the church with the Spirit of God in it and behind it. I believe we're going to see a revival of the supernatural power of God. And we put a lot of emphasis on next Sunday. And I can't wait to see what's going to happen. But I want to tell you there's power in this room right now. There's power in this house right now. There's power to save the lost. There's power to heal the sick. There's power to deliver the bound. There's power to heal the hurting. There's power to change every life and every circumstance and every situation that is in this room. There's power to transform who you are. And I believe that there's a revival of supernatural power that's coming. But I want to tell you, not only do I believe it's coming, I believe it's already started. I believe it's already begun. But I believe the further we go, the more it's going to be revealed minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day. It's going to be revealed more and more, the supernatural power of God. But I must say to you as a believer, you have to yield yourself. You have to surrender yourself. You have to be totally surrendered to God. And I'm going to ask you this. And I'm going to do my the final thing I want to say to you today. Are you ready to give all of who you are? Everything of it, who you are. Everything you have. Everything you possess. I was in my prayer and my devotion time the other one day last week. I've never been one to write my thoughts down that much. I just haven't been. But I'm getting better at that. And I started writing some things down, and here's some of the things I told the Lord. I said, God, I'm giving you all of me. Everything I have, everything I am, every part of me, everything about me, I'm giving it all to you. God, I'm not holding nothing back. I'm not holding nothing in reserve. But God, I'm giving you all of me. Because it's time. I don't know what it is about us men, but sometimes for us men, it's always like we've got to have this 
some little something in reserve somewhere, some little something somewhere where we just can't really let everything go. It's a man thing, I guess. I don't know. But I'm going to speak to the men for a minute. I ain't the only one in this room that deals with it. You do too. But men, we've got to come to the place that we're willing to give everything about us to God. Hold nothing back. Nothing. And ladies, if it fits you, the same. Everything hold nothing back. I can't help what everybody else does. I can't help what anybody else does. All I can help is what I do. So let me say this to you. I believe we're going to see a revival of the supernatural power of God. And if that be the case, God let it start right here, right now. God let it start right here, right now, in this house, in this place, where we are gathered together in your name for your purpose, your plan, and your desire. This ought to be the prayer of every person in this room. God, fill me with your power. 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 Fill me with your power.